Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Thanks for joining us today. We're good morning. Hello. Going to be talking about a word that you may be hearing and maybe not called deconstruction and and uh, something that's kind of a buzzword these days. So that's what's coming up. Do they put an ism on the back of that? Is it deconstructionism or deconstruction? Yeah. I think anything can be an ism. I, I agree. Sometimes yeah. uh, it's exvangelical. Yeah, that's a word that's out there. That's a new one. Too. I've heard that. Well, I've heard. We should, we should have used that for the title. Yeah, huh. I've heard exvangelical and then exvangelical. Yeah, you just get yeah. rid of yeah. that. But yeah. anyway, yeah, um, syllable. I think it's something that families have been dealing with, um, churches have been dealing with, and so we're going to be talking a little bit more about what that is and and uh, why it might be happening. So that's what's coming up. But before that, uh, hey, David's back. Hey. Welcome back. How was was Texas? It's good to be back. Um, I love Oregon, dude. I love (laughs) Like every time I go, it makes me grateful. That's an answer. How was Texas? I love Oregon. Like I hope my brother's not watching. Actually, I've told him. The camera was off. We get the negative answer. The camera's on. We get the positive answer. (laughs) So what you do in Texas is you, uh, you eat, and then you eat. And then you eat, and then you eat. I'm not seeing a downside. Yeah, and so well, the, the downside is if you're there for any extended period of time and you eat. That's the downside. I need to go to Texas. The food is excellent. <laughs> I mean, my brother took us to some spots that were just amazing. There's no shortage of really good food. You sent me a picture of this giant barbecue with all kinds of meat. I on sent it, it to you. Like, yeah, man, like I need to go there. Yeah, yeah. It was called Hortados, and it was in downtown Arlington, a little hole in the wall um, that was in this gnarly part of the neighborhood was like, where are you taking us? And he's like, to the best barbecue place I've ever had. And it was really amazing. Yeah. And, was, and then uh, we got to meet the owner and he took us out to their their smoke, literal smoke shed out back and gave us a tour. And so that's when I snapped yeah. that picture for nice. you. So. Wow, that sounds and like a horrible trip, man. It, we, <laughs> ate, we ate and sat by the pool. So it was, it was like 95 one day and he has a swimming pool there. I mean, if you live out there, you kind of have to. We have wood stoves. Yeah. They have swimming pools. <laughs> the so, heat would be annoying. Right? Well, the humidity with the heat yeah. is, is the That's annoying part. So, yep. But it was it was it was it was a good trip. We were there for seven days. My parents had their fifty fourth wedding anniversary while we were there, oh, which cool. was rad. So me and my brother were together for, with them on the and we took them to uh, we took them to Top Golf. You guys ever been to heard of Top Golf? Heard of it? Never been. It's one of those big, you know. Uh, it's driving like, range in the city, the middle of the city. It's driving range, but it's like three stories, yeah. and it's suites. So you literally go in and rent a suite, either on the first, second, third floor, depending on how crowded it is. And there's couches and heaters and TVs, but then driving range out the front with you know all the clubs you need. So the waitresses come. I'm sorry, and they you bring you this food. Trip, man. It just sounds terrible. It was it was kind of cool. <laughs> so me and my brother and my dad swung. My mom went and swung, and then we took them out to a nice restaurant. So Top Golf was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, oh, and saw Holly and Mondo. Yeah. So, a couple that used to go to the door a long time ago that ended up uh, getting transferred through Costco actually <coughs> out there um, years ago. I think maybe five, six years ago now. It's been a while. So, and we got to meet up, and that was super cool. Yeah. So cool. They miss us, and he had no idea. He looked. He's been looking for us ever since pre-COVID because he misses. They miss our church, and they miss the teaching here. Apparently, which is weird. So. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so So, uh, he was so happy to hear that we actually provide online stuff now, and so he's probably, he might even be here. It was good to see you, if you are. Cool. Yeah, maybe not. 
So anyway, yeah. it's good to be back. I love it here. Yeah, it's good to have you back. I love living here. <clears throat> yep. We, uh, Blessed. Yeah, we, we went ahead and did a One Decent Pastor episode I heard with you gone. Yeah, yeah. I saw we, it. We always just cancel when you leave. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Uh, but it worked out well. Yeah, it was a good discussion. Glenn, Glenn. And yeah, it was, it was a good day. Yeah. And for some reason, like that one's got like a ton of views. I think Glenn must just be at home just watching it already. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, no, it's it's got, I think it's got 130 yeah. views. Are you serious? It's like double what we normally Maybe do. I just need to leave more often. <laughs> They're like, oh, David ain't there. Let's watch <laughs> Table Talk. I don't think that was it. Uh, by the way, we are doing, uh, we forgot to announce it um, on Sunday, or at least I did. I don't know if you did too. But, uh, this coming Monday night, the 4th, we're going to have Glenn and Stacy come in um, and, and just basically a chance for people to get to know the missionaries, learn more about what they do, um, you know, what they're involved in. And, and it's, it's always nice to know how to be able to pray for people. And <coughs> since we support them as a church, we'd encourage everybody to come out. It'll be 630 on a Monday night here at this lo- at the 3R location. So plan on that. We'll announce it again. I put it on Facebook, but that's coming up. So I also forgot, I think you announced it, but I forgot to announce the men's camp out on Sunday here. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I imagine we'll put some details about that on Facebook if we haven't already. But not this men's count coming up eighth, ninth, and tenth. Following yeah. weekend. Yep. yep. All right. That's it. Should we jump in? We should jump in. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's pray first. Uh, Father, we pray that as we talk about this, uh, you give us clarity and understanding and compassion, um, as, as this really is a, um, kind of a frustrating thing that we see happening right now and, and a discouraging thing. And so we pray that as we talk about it, we would um, also remember all that you're doing and all that um, you've been faithful to do in your church over all of these years now. And so we, we just pray that you bless this time and, and um, help uh, those who are listening to be encouraged as well, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So deconstruction or deconstructing, um, deconstructionism, whatever you want to call it, what, <laughs> what does it mean? What, what is it even talking about? What's, what's up with this? It's like you said earlier, it's kind of a buzzword these days that, that I think um, goes beyond just having doubts. I think everybody has doubts at times about you know the things that they believe or the things even that they were taught growing up. But this deconstruction um, is is a kind of a dismantling, I think, of, of one's faith. I'm sure there's an official definition that might be better than that, but, but maybe in part. So this is where it gets weird, right, yeah. already, is because, like, that's what I, what I always thought it was since it's become a thing is that it's just this negative connotation. Like, and when you think of deconstruction, you think of, I don't know, I think of destroying something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, something apart. You're dismantling something. Right? <clears throat> and, and yet there's the good part of it, which we will get into apparently, that can also be called deconstruction, which is any time that you just challenge yourself with a doctrine to see if you believe it. Right. So yeah. it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Well, I'd rather it, use a different word than deconstruction. It means for, different things to different people. And so some, yeah. so some of it, you know, there's a, you can get to um, deconversion, which is a result of some people's deconstruction. But it doesn't always have to end in apostasy or this idea that you Correct. walked away from the faith. Uh, so it's the, kind of the idea of if you've ever taken something apart to see how it works. Um, so, you, you know, you're pulling pieces off. And then when you go to put it back together, you know, you, you kind of put it back together and you look over and you see a pile of parts that maybe you forgot <laughs> to put back in. And, you, and then you're kind of like, well, will this still work? I think that's kind of the, the mindset behind it. People I'd rather are, call that reconstruction. Well, it, it, you, <laughs> want, you want it to lead to reconstruction, <clears throat> yeah. but sometimes it doesn't. So, right. But it's the idea of testing things, that kind of, that kind of deal. But, but there is this underlying assumption, I think, that when somebody starts to go through this process, 
um, that that they're trying to figure out if it's true or not, Correct. or if it's, if it's good. Right. And I think that's it. And I, and now we're living in a time where truth is subjective, and, and there's this idea that everybody has to find their own truth. Right. So we've made it into this weird thing, like, right. you know, what your experience is, and what your truth is, and what we've made it this kind of very subjective thing that that you know may or may not apply to everybody. Right. And that's where it gets kind yeah. of. And that's the negative <laughs> sense of yeah. it, right? Is when you've got people that are actually. Um, questioning the validity validity of this right. um, and they're actually placing themselves as an as an ultimate authority above that right yeah. whereas we do the op like I guess we, we come to every time I open my Bible like I'm, I'm deconstructing but the opposite I'm not I'm not looking at this and going do I believe that I'm actually looking at myself in front of this and going where have I strayed and what right. do I need to what do I need to deconstruct or fix in me so that I line up underneath the yeah. scriptures? And so, like, we've all done this where I used to believe a lot of things, you know, just growing up or whatever, doctrines, whatever, uh, that I've come to believe differently. And so there's yeah. a deconstruction process that's happened for me to go from here to there, but it was good. Well, hold, because, on, hold on to sure. that okay. because okay. I'm going to ask you guys for examples <laughs> okay. of that um, in, in a bit. But. Well, I think for a lot of people that are decon, like it's an easier pill to, to swallow to say I'm deconstructing rather than to say I'm, I'm deconverting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's easier. So, so I think a lot of you know, kind of what is deconstruction really is deconversion at the end of the day. It's just well, but I think the, easier but, to but say. But again, the process is that some people, I think we all have doubts at times about things. We all have, you right. know, uh, we have, you know, here's, uh, let, me, let me put it this way. So some of what they're questioning um, I mentioned it already, but it, the two big questions is, you know, is Christianity true and is Christianity good? I think that's ultimately what people are, are beginning to question right now. That's what they're trying to, to determine. And if you get on and look at people that are, have gone through this, unfortunately, there's a lot of information out there about this and people that are in the process of it that will help you to deconstruct, right. for instance. But they have these six pillars that basically they say um, hold everything up. And they, they want everybody to, to question each one of these pillars. And then, you know, if one of them falls, they say all of them fall. And this is the kind of thing. But these are the pillars. Um, and, and as I say them, you'll, you'll know exactly what, you know, what's at stake here. But the first one is the Bible. The second one is hell. The third one is penal substitutionary atonement. The fourth one is suffering in the world. Uh, the fifth one is end times hype. And the sixth one is the church. So, so these are the ones that are, you know. <coughs> yeah, so I was going to say, like, like, deconstructionism isn't new. Like the exactly. the term is, but this is so this would be called like the emerging, the emerging church. <laughs> like this is this is what they did and what they right. were, you know, yeah. thirty years ago, yeah. right, or twenty years, twenty five years ago, and then you can find you know examples of it prior to that. So now we've given it a category and a label, right. um, and we have social media so that we can watch all these people deconstruct in front of us, right. yeah, you know, so. Yeah, and there's famous people. Like there's famous people right now that you know. There's the the, the DC Talk guy and the yeah. um, Joshua Harris, and there's other you know right. people that, that are well-known Christians right. that were. It's almost you know, cool. It is. It, it is. Yeah. It's, it's trendy. Well, that's. It's I guess let me jump right into that because you just answered the next question. Is 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 why do you think? Seems like this is on the uptick. Um, what are some of the reasons that that maybe this is happening, maybe more frequently right now? than it has in the past, especially in our country. Or, or maybe seemingly. seemingly. Well, maybe, maybe it yeah. is more frequent. It does seem like it's, um, I mean, I think even in some of the experience of my own family and like some of my kids and I, you know some of the other people in the church that I know of whose kids yeah. grew up in the church, and I think the number was like, and it's it's always been a big number, but they're sure. saying like 60% of, of Christians who grew up in Christian homes, or teenagers that grew up in Christian homes are going through this right now yeah. to well, some degree. Well, my first guess, we talked about this earlier, would be that we, we live in a post-truth culture slash society slash world. 
And so uh, not, not even just postmodern, but post-truth where you can't actually, there is no truth, right? right? You know, whatever's true to you is, is true to you. And, and you actually, there is no absolute <laughs> truth that's, that's uh, you know, universal. Right. And so I would say that if it is actually bigger, like that's why it's just the, the natural, it's the byproduct of living in a world where you're taught by everybody. No one can know anything. Right. So. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. You know, it wasn't that long ago that you know there were kind of these societal and cultural norms that you just didn't go against. Yeah. There was you know norms for you know morality and, and things like that. And kind of Judeo-Christian values were just kind of generally accepted, um, you know, by many. But but now we're at a point where you know we've thrown out cultural and societal norms and gone with you know personal norms, mm-hmm. you know, which is subjective truth. And so I get to determine what's right for me and what's good for me. Um, and because of that, it, it has become a, cre- a trendy thing to question, you know, truth and question things that, sure. that used to be, you know, kind of generally accepted by society. Well, and I would say that even though they were generally accepted, they were they were always maybe viewed as a little bit old fashioned. Sure. But now they're actually viewed. It's, it's not just old fashioned. Now it's actually nonsense, um, repressive, right, and harmful. Th- these are views that are dangerous, yep. and that so it shifted to that where a lot of people are. That's you know that that's kind of how it's being framed now, right? Um, which you know, makes sense as to why people would have a hard time with this. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other factors maybe that are going on right now that, that attribute to an uptick in this? I think just part people's lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that people have been hurt by the church. The church is kind of messy. Um, you know, anytime you get a, you know, groups of sinners together, like it's bound to be messy right. to some degree. And so people have been hurt uh, and sometimes like legitimately hurt, not, right, not just right. people, you know, playing the, vi- the victim, but like legitimate hurt has happened within the church. Right. Which so, has always happened. Right. So the yeah, that, that's nothing new. So the difference would be in like going back to social media, in my opinion, the fact that we can see it all and hear about it all right. and how widespread it is and how often it occurs, I would say takes a toll yeah after a while yeah absolutely. well the internet's become kind of this this formation space where you can find <coughs> you can find experts whatever you're looking for you can find experts that will help you you know and so you you have this idea that this is you know i'm not i'm not you know in the minority of this little group that i'm in now there's this whole group of people out right. there so you imagine this that are sure. i don't know it's we never had that before sure. so before if you were struggling and you know with your faith you'd, yeah. you'd probably work it out in the community of yeah. the people that you were around yeah you almost uh, questioned yourself yeah, just moved on. Yeah, sure. now you find, you <laughs> but can, now you can find something valid. Five people yeah. on the internet, or twenty yeah. people, or a thousand yeah. people that are saying the same thing. And no, you should be thinking right. this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think Carl Truman has a book called "The The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self," and he talks about this. Uh, uh, I just lost the term: expressive individualism, or some, something like that. Right. And it kind of his, his premise in the book is that you know throughout history, that you know like people have kind of submitted themselves to society, like would not question themselves or would question themselves rather than questioning larger society. And as we've kind of in this modern era, that has completely shifted. And, and so it, it's not, you know, me that's wrong. It's society that's wrong, you know, in light of this subjective truth. And so it's easy to play the victim in whatever it is uh, and, and, you know, put the, put the blame on somebody else for, you know, whatever you've gone through. And like I said, like there's a legit thing, like you know, people have been victimized for sure. And I don't want to minimize that. Sure. You know, at all, but we just we live in an era where it's real easy to kind of be the victim. Well, and you've as seen well. things like there's big, you know, the, the Southern Baptist Convention, and there's there's other you know churches, even the one that Joshua Harris was a part of, um, that that had there's one right now that I won't even name it because it's still being investigated, but where like sexual abuse cover up kind of stuff has yeah. gone on. You've got leaders that were idolized that fell. Um, that that I mean, I think about just 
the Mars Hill stuff that we've been talking about, you know, that podcast we've been listening to, all those people in Seattle and that in that area that, I mean, imagine how disillusioned many of them sure. were when this happened and what that did to their faith. They begin to question. So it's like that, you know, it makes sense that this yeah, stuff would, totally would come up. And then you've got, you know, what about um, kind of the the landscape of our, our world and country right now? Um, you know, I think uh, the prosperity gospel that's come into the church, uh, people, you know, thinking that, that, that if I'm a Christian, you know, I'm going to just win, win, win all the time yeah. and have all this great stuff. And then, you know, before there was really no cost to be a Christian. It was just something you could bring in as a life enhancement, kind of, hey, I'll just add this into my already pretty good life. Sure. Well, now things are kind of getting bleak in the, in the world. And, and so there's that question of what is this? really? Right. And, and yeah. And then the political thing, you know, that's. I don't know if we want to go there, but <clears throat> on some level, you you can't help but um, kind of look at the contemporary church landscape and think, is this, you know, this can't be what Jesus had in right. mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think about, like, I, I have some friends who've been, you know, really vocal on social media, um, kind of coming against, you know, like, the idea of Christian nationalism. And, and the idea that they're coming against, like, they're pointing out some legit flaws <clears throat> in the church, yeah. but... Kind of their response to it is to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, like the church is bad because there's a segment of the church that, you know, is, is kind of off the rails and the whole thing is bad and we're just not going to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just more kind of victim culture, but it, it's, you know, they're pointing out things that are right and true, but, but their response to those things is, is completely off. Yeah. I do think you see a lot of younger people that, that they've idealized kind of uh, some of the social justice stuff and, and they see that as, you know, I don't know. I, I understand some of where it comes from because when you look at the hypocrisy that seems to exist in people that call themselves Christians, and then I don't, there's so many things I, I don't mm-hmm. want to go and I don't, I don't want to become political about. That, <laughs> but I, even something like immigration, where where you have this um, really nasty attitude from Christians about immigrants, right? And, and it's always it's baffled me. Again, I want people to come into our country legally. Don't misunderstand. I'm not. You know, there's there's a door to come through. And but but the idea that you know. As Christians, we should, we should we should really relate to the immigrant. Right. Should we not? I mean, yeah. we're immigrants. Jesus let us in, you know, yeah. um, to the pen. And so th- there's just this weird yeah. disconnect. I think sometimes where you see this kind of this Christianity, you know, covers a lot of ground these days, but some ugliness in it that, yeah. that I think people are recognizing. And going, what about this? Yeah. And you know, well, I think that brings, at least in, in the minds of some, brings the validation to their deconstruction is that they're pointing out real problems no, right. and real flaws and things that, that ought to be different. Sure. And so, so that validates them, you know, deconstructing or deconverting in their minds, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Which is a bummer that when they, when they see the church flawed, that they automatically see God flawed. Right. And then start questioning everything that that's the, that's the bummer. Yeah. It is. So, but, but, but it will happen. It's natural. <laughs> People yeah. will say, Oh, you're bad. What about just the, um, yeah, I think you mentioned like the, just the desire to be cool kind of aspect of it. Just went yeah. to, just got back from Texas <laughs> and went to my, my brother and sister-in-law's church. It was my second time there. And the, the sermon was, was pretty solid. Gospel was preached. Need for the gospel was preached. Dude was super funny. In fact, that's how he was built. I don't know how many times I heard on the way in from an usher or someone from the church, oh, you guys are going to love this. Dude's funny. You know, dude will make you laugh. Like I heard that over and over again. Cause, so that's the that's the draw. But uh, I call it roller coaster church because it's just um, it's all about just stimulating the senses and getting the blood pumping and the the things just incredible. I mean, the, the, it's so big and it's so extravagant. 
Did you ever raise um, your arms up in the air and go, wee? Yeah, so so like it's so big that, that the park the parking lot's so big that you have trams, you know? You have trams that come out and pick you up and take you to the, we, we need the worship that. center. We need that. And, uh, you know, lights. It, like, it looks like a Vegas casino, the whole place, and it's just the amount of money that goes into it. And uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> the, desire, the desire to be cool. Yes. And, and that's what you see when you pull up, is you're just seeing something that's so unnecessary uh, that it, it looks like, you know, and I think it's part of their missional strategy, you know, because the Bible Belt's different than the Northwest in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? I think up here we're, we're kind of like, okay, let's just, let's, just cut, let's just cut the bull, you know what I mean? Right. I know we're that way, like more minimal um, of an appeal to, right. to methodology, where down there, Bigger's always better, and and being cool and showing that you can do things as good as the world does, and rival the world in entertainment and architecture, and and so they're do, they're doing all that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of people going there that that are going there for wrong reasons. They they don't have what they think they have. So anyway, I was I was kind of thinking like that that when I was young and and um, kind of wanted to have an edge about me, you know, be counterculture, be you know, different than everybody else. So, you know, I grew up a mullet and pierced my ear and, mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, it was, it, it worked. But, right. um, I mean, I think it worked. Are there, are there pictures of this? There are, yeah, okay. buried in a ball somewhere. Well, Christians are counterculture. Yeah, but uh, maybe not we the are, way but that I we... think that there's this there's thing in people yeah. right now where they, they want to, you know, stand out, be different, buck the system, yeah. whatever it is, you know, what, question authority. That, yeah. There's that, you know, so it doesn't, this isn't... For sure. I mean, you know, there's people that have just gotten hurt. And yeah. That's why they're doing it. But there's also people that are, this is kind of about them and, and yeah. a, you know, a way for them to, to stand out and be, a, you know. For sure. Be important again, maybe even. Yeah, or, for or sure. Get, get attention, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And then, of course, there's the the aspect of just wanting to do things that the Bible tells you you're not supposed to do. I mean, yeah. that's that's a real part of this whole thing, too, that right. it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, the Bible says not to do a lot of things that sinners want to do. Yeah. And if you can deconstruct that, to where you can do what you want. That's kind of handy. Yeah, sure. It's, it's this, uh, this mentality of trying to, to blend objective truth and subjective truth, which at the end of the day, you, you lose objective truth when you try to do that. Right. But, but it's you kind of trying to have a foot in both worlds, I think, for some. Maybe not for all, but for some it is. Yeah. No, I think we've seen that with, um, you know, sex, uh, with, with, you know, marijuana, drugs, those kinds of other. This is a lot of the things that we see. Um, people doing right. as a result of their, you know, this. I want to do these things. Well, how do I? How do I even find dis- a way? Disposable yeah. relationships. And yeah, all of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's another reason. And then, I, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's a, a tremendous amount of pressure right now from the world to to, to change your view on things. So you sure. know, sex, race, politics, social justice, science, um, all of these things. There, there's pressure now that really wasn't there before. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people say is the answer. You know, Christians see we need to get our country back to the time when, when these things weren't pressure points for people, you yeah. know, where everybody just kind of went along with a general morality. Uh, but that's not, you know, actually the answer. Mm, but, right. but I think a lot of these people are doing this because they're bowing to the pressure. of This is uncomfortable stuff right now to, sure. to go against the world's view on these things. Even some of, like I think of, you know, the people that I, that I know that have been real vocal about this. So they're, they're loving and caring people. And some of the things that they're pointing out, um, you know, are issues of like the church has failed to love and care, you know, this, these groups of people in these right. ways. Um, and at the end of the day, like they just want to see that these marginalized people are loved. But, but it comes down to having kind of a jacked up view of what love is, right? right. Um, you know, in society, to love someone is, is to affirm everything about them, right? Love and affirmation are the same thing. 
um, you know, and that's not a biblical definition of love. And so I think some people have kind of maybe some noble motivations or noble aspirations in it. Um, but, but again, at the end of the day, it comes back to, you know, not submitting to the objective truth that God has given us. Yeah. Well, so those are kind of all a bunch of reasons why people are, are doing this, why it's maybe, maybe there's an uptick in it. I don't know. I think I would agree with what you said, David, that it's always been there. It just seems like we're seeing it more, and it may be the more in America that we're seeing it more right now, but it's, it's definitely... Um, well, the, well, the truth is Jesus talked about this, right? When you talk about the parable of the sower and the seed, yeah. I, I don't know, you were probably going to go somewhere else, no, but you know, two, two of those grounds in that parable are uh, they initially receive, for whatever reason, there's a reception and then there's a rejection. <laughs> and so like that rejection, whatever it looks like, even if it's different for people, is there's a form of deconstruction that happened at some point, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean, where they, where they then, you know, throw up everything that they want. Well, the rejections received. are basically that the, that the world has something better to offer, so they walk away, or uh, suffering occurs, and so they walk away. And I think we're seeing right. We're seeing that right but now. But the process, sure. you know, it may not have been like they woke up one day and they were like, no. yeah, and I'm done with that. It could have been a slow burn. It could have been right. uh, a struggle within yeah. themselves and within their right. thoughts and a questioning of things like we're talking about. So there's, you know, deconstructionism is something that even Jesus talked about. Yeah, and a lot of that, though, you, you have yeah. people that actually were never actual Christians. Correct. Now, that doesn't, just doesn't mean everybody that's going through this right. is that way, because I think we're going to talk about the fact that we've all gone through some of these things. But a lot of them... Unconverted. May never Not just converted. deconverted. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's not really that yeah. weird that they've, you know, that they've done this. Again, not everybody who says they're a Christian, not everybody yeah. who says, Lord, you know, you know that Correct. we know this to be true. And right. so just because you see these people out there... Right, you know, deconstruction doesn't mean they were ever part of right. the faith. So, okay, so is deconstruction ever a good thing? That was, you know, you, you started in on that, so we've already right. kind of answered. I don't, that I don't question, think the title yeah. is ever a good thing for the positive <laughs> side of it. I, I mean, it's tearing apart your. We talked about yeah. this before, right? Deconstruction just sounds like you're destroying something, or you're dismantling something, or you're, you know, removing something, right? Yeah. And so I would, I, I prefer sanctification. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, where, where every time I open my Bible and I look at a text or I look at a verse, like there's there's something that's going on, right? There's a there's a scrutinizing that's happening. There's a examination that's happening within me. That's the difference, though, is I'm not examining what God has said and then going, I wonder if that's right or not. I'm actually examining myself against mm-hmm. what God has said and going, gosh. Like, what have I let in? What do I need to change or how do I need to adjust to fall under this? And so, what's, what's the goal in all of this? What do you mean? I mean, what's the goal? I mean, oh, oh well, well, I believe this is absolute truth. And yeah. so, like, I, I know that I'm fallible and this is not. So if there's a, if there's a discrepancy, the goal is for me to line up okay. underneath this, right? So I'm not here to scrutinize Scripture, which I think is how I really think of deconstructionism is a bunch of people scrutinizing Scripture. Scripture's here to scrutinize me. Right. And I know that I have a real faith or a real belief because I, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> There's people that right. don't believe that, right? So so their starting point's wrong. But. Well, I was saying the reason I was talking about the goal is because I think that a lot of people's goal in deconstruction is to get out from under the authority of Christ. It is. To it be is. able to do whatever the heck it's they like want. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and so if you come... Well, oh, I'm sorry. Come, I thought you were asking me what the goal no, was I'm to adjust no, to. Well, okay. I mean, I get, but your goal in going to there is like yeah, yeah. you're trying to... I want to come under the authority of God's word. I want to be under his... Well, I want to find blessing. truth and then yeah. I want to do truth. Yeah. Whereas... You know, the negative yeah. end of deconstruction is that they don't want truth anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, that, so yeah. they, they'll yeah. go yeah. find their own. No, yeah. I, that's to me, there's a huge, that's really the, you know, <laughs> the difference. And even where you're going to end up, 
ultimately right. is, is you know what's going to happen. I think I would make a distinction between deconstruction and doubt, that aren't necessarily yeah. the same thing. Like like we all have doubt. It's okay to have it's, doubt. It's okay to wrestle. It's a good doubt. distinction. Um, you know, that's an okay thing. And I don't, you know, sometimes I think we feel bad that we have doubt. Right. Um, and it's, it's not a bad thing. And even not having all the answers right. or not understanding everything is not that's okay. deconstruction. Right. It? So, like, there's there's a ton of things I I do not understand. And I don't even like some of it, like <clears throat> what I read in the yeah. Bible. Like, and But I believe fully, wholeheartedly every bit of it. Right. Like, I know it's true, whether I understand it or don't understand it or, well, you know. Even wrestling with, you know, like, how, how can a loving God, you know, do this mm-hmm. right. uh, or, or may, allow this thing to happen? Like, like, that's okay to wrestle through those things sure. as long as we're coming to Scripture and submitting to Scripture, um, you know. So, so anyway, I think that's an important distinction. I would say it's not, even, not just okay, it's normal. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really a yeah. normal, normal part of our Christian walk is just we have these faith crisis, yeah. crises right. that come up in our lives, you know, that we have to wrestle through. Yeah. And... You know, you know, the, the goal in all of this is to, to stand firmly on the Word of God and on the work of Christ. Right. And then we then our foundation solid again. But that's where we want to get to. But we're all going to go through these things. There's right. no question about it. And even backing up just a little, or we can kind of look at it a little bit higher level. I think a lot of times we, we tend to kind of create a, a God in our own image yeah. and say, well, I would never do this or allow this. Therefore, you know, how could God do this, you know, or allow this? And, and I think that comes back to just submitting to Scripture that, like, I'm not the ultimate authority. Um, you know, there's the mystery of, of an infinite God that we're just never going to fully understand, you know, this side of heaven. Uh, and, and even just allowing for some mystery and, and the fact that there's things that we're just not going to get answers to. doesn't mean we don't, you know, look for answers and wrestle and those kinds of things, but, like, we're just not going to figure out God fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and coming to that realization, I think, is an important. Yeah, and we won't get all the answers we want sometimes right. I know that's faith is a real part of Christianity right and so it's uh, one of the guys that I was looking at I think it was on the desiring God page um, he kind of said that Jesus even kind of alluded to this idea when, when he said you know you have heard it said right but I say I mean it was that idea of he, he's taking this understanding that they have and he's saying let me let me tear this apart right and and you know show you what it really means um, and so you know this idea that um, we tear things up down evaluate them and then rebuild them according to the heart of God is is a good part of what we're supposed to be doing. I think we've all done that. And I guess I'll just, I was going to ask you guys, I mean, are there things you can think of in your own life where um, you had to, I, I don't want to use the word deconstruct, right. but I mean, you know, go through this process of some of your views, some of your beliefs, some of your doctrines and, and come out, you know, in a different spot. I mean, it's been constant. I, I mean, it would be, it would be hard to find an area where that hasn't happened right. in doctrine. For me, right? Yeah. So I've, I've done that with God, the character of God, the attributes of God. I'm sure I'm not done doing it with the character right. of God. Um, but, like, uh, I remember the church was a big one, you know what I mean? Where the church to me was, you you know, everybody, you know, funnels into a box structure once a week. And there's a band that sings some songs. And, you know, there, there's the church. And, like, my, my idea of the church has just been radically challenged and rethought in you know, um, evolved, you know, yeah, over, yeah. over the years that, 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 no, that's not, you know, that's, that's something the church does, you know, corporately, but the church is so much bigger and broader and deeper right. than that whole thing. So I, I would say every, everything, like there was a starting point for me in my faith and Christianity and reading the word. And it's just done nothing but change right. ever since. Yeah. But it's solidified. Yeah. Oh no, I, I none of it's doubted. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's real. Like, right. like I, I'm along for the journey, and I don't care where it takes me. I'm in the pursuit of truth, yeah. according to this. Yeah. 
and so I'm constantly evolving. And that's cool. And yeah, I love yeah. that it's it's this is something we can rely on and stand yeah. on, and we don't have to be afraid of. Um, you know, there's there's religions out there that teach you, you know, cover your ears and don't question anything. Christianity's not like that. It's okay to to yeah. to, to evaluate this stuff. Yeah, to, question, to test question it. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, I would say something similar to just over over time. You know, it just continues to become more and more solidified of, of who God is. Mm -hmm. and, and, and all of these things, but particularly, um, you know, just the sovereignty of God has been, you know, one for me that o over time, um, you know, I, I am more and more, you know, realizing just that God is yeah. sovereign uh, overall. Involved yeah. in much more than we give him credit for. Right, <laughs> much more than we give him credit for. <clears throat> you know, when, it, it, you know, when I was younger, like, I had a lot of good ideas for God. <laughs> and I'm realizing, you know, just as I get older and mature more, it's like, like my ideas are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's already got things figured out. He doesn't need me to help him, you know, figure things out. Um, and so that's just been, you know, one for me that's just become more and more solid sure. as time has gone on. I thought about I was raised Catholic, so yep. for me, I, I had to deconstruct a lot of the stuff that I was brought up in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, reconstruct it in, in, according to God's <coughs> word. And so that was a hard thing. I mean, if you've been raised in a religion, and a lot of people, you know, have experienced this in different ways. You've been raised to believe one thing, and then you realize that when the Bible challenges that, yeah. you know, you have to you have to wrestle right. through that and, 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 you know, jettison some of your views and yeah. throw them overboard right. and then adopt new views, which is hard to do when you believe something, yeah. you know. And so that's, that's something I've gone through. And then, oh, you're going to say something? I was just going to, like, Piggybacking on that, like it's probably more of a Catholic thing, but I think that's why the gospel is so important. Why why it's so important for churches to be gospel centered, Christ centered churches, where the gospel is constantly celebrated and constantly talked about, is because we have to constantly deconstruct our everyday tendency um, to earn something that we can't earn. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. something that like never goes away, and so there's got there's this there's this perpetual deconstruction that needs to happen. With the gospel in front of us, you right. know what I mean, and that which go, is going on within ourselves. I mean, this is exactly yeah. our story of when, when we left the church that uh, not not CBC, but the one prior to that. Yes. Um, it was a church that was just steeped with in legalism. Yeah, and, and our and it really. And I grew up in that church. Yeah, I mean, it did yeah. some. Love you, mom and dad. Yeah, but it wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. but. but it did some real damage to, to us, but it did, and to our children yeah. uh, at the time who were there who, who really didn't see the gospel. They saw legalism. They saw yeah. perform. Don't make me look bad. Don't embarrass me. Um, right. You know, it was just messed up. Yeah. And so, you know, having to deconstruct all of that <laughs> yep. and then come away with the gospel. Yep. It's one of the greatest things I've ever experienced yeah. as a Christian. I mean, it's like it changed everything. And, yeah. and it still is. My kids see it, but it still hasn't fully changed them yep. yet. But, I, you know, it's like I hate that I had to. Yep. Go through that. That's what I was going to say is I, I wish I had like a do-over <laughs> yeah. with parenting Absolutely. based upon the deconstruction that's happened since my parenting. Yeah. <laughs> since no. when they were in the house. Like 100%. if I could go do it over again because of what I now know, I would definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we could all probably say that. Right. No, I think this is something we, we can, you know, our end times views. I mean, you can just keep going down the list yeah. of things. Yeah. And, and, and Since we, they're right know. now, and we have them <laughs> nailed, we have all figured out. We haven't bolted down. No, I think what you said is true. We're, we're gonna con this is going to be a continual process so where you continue to look at your life yeah. compared to the scriptures, your, your heart compared to the scriptures, your beliefs compared to the scriptures. And we should be reconstructing that continually. Reforming might be a better yeah. word. I like that. You better. know, it's to align with the heart of God. Reforming is good. Yeah, constantly yeah. reforming. That's yeah. that's the yeah. correct word. Yeah. Mine wasn't Catholicism or, or legalism, but it was you know Pentecostal theology, sure. and that was you know the first twenty-ish you know years of my life. And yeah. you know as I got into kind of being a young adult, I began to kind yeah. of question, and, and you know I had to I had to deconstruct that. So yours was so, the you know, sensational. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And you know just over over time, you know God has allowed that 
kind of deconstruction to happen or reformation, you know, to happen in my life. And, and, and I agree with what you're saying, you know, when you come into, you know, a deeper understanding of the gospel, it just, it's everything, it changes everything in your life. This is still another reason why people are deconstructed is they're looking for an emotional experience. They're looking yeah. for, a, a, you know, that whatever that experience is, as opposed to this raw or, or stale, whatever you want to call it, you know, doctrine yeah. or whatever, kind of that. And so that's another reason I think why people are doing it. But sure. it actually doesn't, you know, um, that's not the answer either. But right. So what are, what are then um, some of the dangers about deconstruction? So we talked about that it is, it can be a good thing. Well, it depends on how far it's gone, in my <laughs> opinion, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so like if someone's deconverted, if their deconstructionism or even their goal in it is to, um, is to wipe the board clean completely and make a clean break uh, from a biblical faith in any way, it's, that's a serious thing. Um, those, those people, like if I had one of those people in my church, me and Carrie were talking about this, you know, she, she's like, what would you do? And it'd be like, I would, I would honestly think about, um, helping that person out. Like, don't, why are you coming? Like your deacon, your goal is this, (laughs) your motive is this, like you're only going to do damage to other people. If you stay here, why would you even stay here? And that's, that's one of the biggest head scratchers is some of these people that have deconstructed are still even pastors you know we, right. we saw some of that in um the american gospel part two um and it's like why are you why are they even pastors they've they've dismantled anything that makes them christian and right like they, they've rejected anything that makes you christian why are they a pastor why do they have a church why do they do anything that's the <laughs> biggest danger yeah if someone's just wrestling with stuff then um let me wrestle with you through that, you know what I mean. But if someone's outright rejected it, and their whole intention is to continue to reject it and tear everything down, why don't you just go to, you know, go become a part of some other organization? Yeah, you don't need to be a part of the church. Yeah, that's what's frustrating to me is that it ultimately becomes something that is not Christianity, and yet you're still trying to pretend like it is. Right. It's like don't just call it something else entirely. At that point, you've rejected every. Every tenet of Christianity, yeah. you know, the six pillars. You, you, you've wiped out all those pillars, and you still are trying to pretend like you're believing in the Christian faith. It's or, like or people, it's right. like, you're not. It's like people still understand that there's a benefit in, yeah. in being connected to Christ. Um, well, they want somehow, to believe in God. They want to be the right there. hand of a, you know, this God in case you, sure. know, yeah. you have to face him someday. Yeah, and those people have created <laughs> he's still, a God still some kind of a ticket, you know? Yeah. Um, There's a guy in line that I follow. I don't want to say his name, so I don't want you to follow him. <laughs> you know, like he, he is the kind of the self-professed internet pastor, and he's completely deconstructed and yeah. you know, rejected those six pillars, yet still calls himself a Christian pastor. And really, he's a heretic and he's a wolf that's leading people away from the faith right. and the name of Christianity, right. you know, because of this deconstruction. Yeah. And it's a sad thing to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but his message resonates with so many, and yeah. so he's got you know he's amassed followers and, and has become an influencer exactly um, in his deconstructed state. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's this, this progression that can happen. That the doubt, you know, which we've said is you know not only okay but normal deconstruction and then deconversion and this kind of deconstruction in the middle i, I think what matters is who, who's doing the deconstructing sure you know are, are you submitting to scripture and allowing you know scripture to deconstruct things that need to be constructed or, or are you right. just taking your own wrecking ball yeah. and doing it and i think i think that matters as far as who's doing the, the deconstructing yeah. as to whether it's a good thing or whether it's okay or well we've had a couple of these people you know in, in the door you know over the years and we've had to show them the door you know on the way out just because they um they are coming in to to deconstruct other people yeah. not just yeah. themselves and and they're usually loud and charismatic and confident right. and um 
very rarely do they seem to be quiet. Right. Like, I'm just doing this on my own. Give me my space. Um, a lot of them are, you know, cult leaders yeah. <laughs> or potential cult leaders. Yeah. And but those people is... aren't asking for help either in their deconstruction. Right. right. You know, they're, they're just... No, they're not wrestling. Handling their own business. <laughs> and I think that's why it's so important. Like, we yeah. have it in our statement of faith. It's so important why every, you know, Bible-believing church should have something in their statement of faith uh, as far as the membership, um, you know, statement. Like, we hold to the essential tenets, you know, the orthodox tenets yeah. of the Christian faith. Right. And that's why. is because if... You know, if that doesn't matter, then you're going to get all, all kinds of, um, you know, poison yeah. in the water hole. Yeah. So. Well, I think, you know, when I think about the dangers of deconstruction, uh, what I've noticed is, is um, these people that are going through this, and especially people that are deconverting, um, it ends up being a, a lot of denials, but not really any solutions offered. Right. So they're denying all kinds of things continually. Oh, this isn't right. This isn't true. This isn't. But they're not really giving you any solutions. Yeah. So, so um, you know, it goes back to those six pillars. It's like... They're trying to say the Bible isn't reliable. It's right. not. It's Outdated, not. It's not objective truth. Well, then, how do we determine what truth is? You know, you don't. You're, you you haven't come up with a solution. You just denied something. The same thing with yeah. uh, penal substitutionary atonement, which is Christ's work on the cross. The idea that <clears throat> that his atoning work is. You know. Okay. They say that they deny that. Okay. Well, you got a problem now because right. how are you saved then? You know, you're, they're they're not coming up with anything. They still want to kind of be under the Christian banner, believe in right. God, whatever. But they're they're doing away with things. That there's problems here. Suffering in the world. If you say I deny, you know, I mean, you basically have to. What do you have to do to God in order to answer the, the question of suffering in the world if God isn't good? I mean, you have to make Him. He's not really omnipotent. Right. He's not really omniscient. He's this hapless God. That I mean, you you really are dismantling things that you got nothing left at that point. Don't try to hang out in the club anymore. It it comes back to creating a God in your own image. Like a loving God would never allow people to suffer or a loving God would never deny, you know, people's ability to love and be loved no matter the circumstance, whatever. Like, you know, I would never do this. Therefore God would never. Uh, Therefore I'm just going to deny that that's true. And of course in a, you know, post truth culture, like we live in, I mean, ultimately it's, it's that we can't know anything. right? Right. This is what seems to be underneath it. So it's a rejection of, of the fact that that this is that God is knowable and His will is knowable, right? Um, all that's thrown under the bus, and that you you simply can't come to any conclusions on anything. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the commonality we were talking about this before it started. The thread I watched a bunch of people that have deconstructed that used to be Christians that are no longer Christians that have deconstructed. And that's a common thing, right. is that someone will even ask them the interviewer or whoever will ask them a question. You know. And, and there's this, it's it's a seeming humility, their response, you know, oh, well, I don't really know about that, or I really can't. Yeah. And this is a thread that runs through, like, all these people that have deconstructed, and what they're all saying is, you can't know anything. Yeah, that's how Rob Bell... And that's a danger. Yeah. I used to get so frustrated watching Rob Bell interviews, because he was a guy that, he was an emerging yeah. guy that kind of did this. Looks humble. And literally, he can't he can't give you an answer to any right. question you ask him. It's like trying to ask, I mean, people right now say, you know, what's a woman? And people are saying, well, I, I'm not a biologist. Exactly. I can't answer that. I mean, this is what they're doing with Christianity. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, you don't know anything. Yeah. Why would anybody follow you or listen to you? Right. But people love the idea of, let's just question things. Let's yeah. just have conversations. Let's discuss yeah. things and question everything. But they're not getting any solutions yeah. at all. It's so that's a danger. Yeah, obviously yeah, it is, and it's it's even really not new because you know you look at Satan in the garden, and and what did he attack them with? Right? Did, did God, God really did say? Did God it? really say a question and, of the truth? Yeah. 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 Is this really you know? And you've got Jesus saying, "You've heard it said, but I say." And then you've got Satan saying, "Did God really say?" Yeah. It really is like the the way you go into this, 
um, if you're going into this to try to seek the truth and seek the heart of God and, and fall in line with that, it's a good thing. If you're going into to try to get, you know, did God really say so that I can do whatever I want and right. get out from under the authority of um, super dangerous. So, mm-hmm. so knowing that there are people that are, uh, some people are, are going through this process and it's actually going to be a good and helpful thing that's going to reconstruct their faith and, and hopefully put them on a solid foundation because now they'll know why they believe what they believe, which is something all Christians should know, have a good apologetics kind of a framework to work within. You've got people that are going through this process that are there or end up there, and then you've got people that are in the process that are going to end up in deconversion. Um, how do we how do we minister to people that are going through this or to families who are going through this? Um, what do we you know how do we come alongside them? Um, yeah, I think the first order is is to not be offended at people's wrestle. You know, us Christians we tend to get offended pretty easily <laughs> at things, uh, and we get mad at people. That down, we get mad at people that maybe are in this wrestle, and, and we want to yell at them and get angry, and we want to, you know, win arguments. And there may be times when that's okay, depending on sure. who it is and where they're at. Sure. I mean, sometimes a good, you know. But but generally speaking, correct. You know, if, if our first response is to get angry, you know, that, that's not the right response. Yeah. If our first response is to get offended. That's not the right response. And so, good. you know, we ought to to lovingly, patiently, gently. Uh, care for people because God has been those things to us. You know, He's He's long suffering in, in our own in our rebellion, and, and so we ought to be patient with people and be willing to walk through and help wrestle uh, with them. That's good. Yeah. You know, fear is the one that I I, I thought of that I um, I remember when some of my kids started to question this stuff. I immediately wanted to uh, I kind of went into you know a bit of a freak out mode and became very afraid and wanted to you know. Try. I don't know. I was coming at it from that kind of a, a standpoint, as opposed to maybe um, uh, a posture of love yeah. and faith, because I think that's going to do a lot more for them. And I've even seen it actually. It's been funny because they made that that statement of, "I don't understand some of these things, and I can't answer these questions, and I'm wrestling with them." But I see what's going on in your life and mom and dad's life, and I know it's real. And it's like. It's kind of a cool thing to, you know, for, for them to say that, you know, I mean, that, that's something that I do right. see that's, you know, because when you look at everything that's under the banner of Christianity and why people are becoming ex-evangelicals, I kind of get some of it. Sure. Some, there's some really ugly stuff out there in the name of the church mm-hmm. and in the political realm and all this stuff to where, I, I, you know, I, I can understand the disillusionment that exists, totally. the way we've treated people who are different than us sometimes and all this. It's like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and, and you kind of get it. But, but then at the end of the day, when they see gospel true gospel love true gospel community which is the church mm-hmm. that should be something that is i mean unmistakably jesus right. and that they can go wait a second what's that right. and, and, and I, that's what i think we need to lead them to so fear and you know anger and, and those kinds of things probably aren't going to be super helpful you know yelling at them or telling them well you're going to end up in hell if you don't right. you know i mean it's true and maybe there's a time you have that conversation if they do deconstruct or you know but um to that point of deconversion but um but just the, you know, coming alongside somebody patiently yeah. with some understanding and some calm and some faith that God is doing, you know, mm-hmm. a good work right. and, and that he's, you know, he's faithful to do these things in our kids and trusting them with it. And um, Well, we can't separate love and truth. You know, I think we kind of create this dichotomy in our yeah. minds that, like, I can be loving or I can be truthful. And, and really one without the other is, is neither. And so, yeah. you know, we, we say things to people in love. Um, and it's never, you know, our goal to be offensive. But if Scripture offends people, if, if you know, objective truth offends people, well, that's between them and God. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we need to be both loving and truthful with people and proclaiming truth in love, not truth and anger or anything yeah. like that. 
That's and, and proclaiming truth, like kind of like what you, you're talking about, I think, um, just in the way, in how we live. So it's not always even in words or a conversation that we have, but especially as a parent, it's maintaining um, integrity in living out what you say you believe, yes. right? It's like what Peter talks about, especially through our sufferings or our yes. victimization in the church or mistreatment in the church that we're not responding um, with uh, resentment and bitterness ourselves, but that we're suffering well, which yeah. Peter would say is the number when when you know outsiders look at someone suffering well in the church. That's the number one um, witness that we have, testimony that we have to non-believers. That's when they sit up and they go like, "What the heck is that?" So right. I, I really think it's really about uh, obviously having the conversations, being understanding, being patient, being loving, speaking truth, but it's also doing all those things, um, even even. Don't laugh. Without words, even right. that we're actually living out sure. what we believe no, I, that's and allowing those people to go like, wait a minute, like, why the heck is this person so so confident? No, like, why are they living the way Authentic joy and peace and all these things that exist yep. in our lives that they can't explain away. Because yep. all this other stuff you can try to explain away. But when you see Christ in us and yep. Christ in the church in a way that is, is you know, profound... Yep. Um, it really takes the spotlight off of all those other peripheral right. issues, and it puts it right on a Jesus, which is where we want them to look. Yeah, um, that that's you know that's it right there. Yeah, um, there's a buzzword out there um, about safe spaces. Like we need safe spaces, and, and you know at the end of the day, like like the church ought to be you know a safe space to come with right. your doubts. Like God, God can handle our hard the questions. Walking right? wounded, <laughs> right. You know, right? God can handle our doubts, and God can handle our our wrestle. And so, as pastors, you know, I think we have you know a, a duty or job to create, um, you know, help foster, um, you know, the idea of, like it's okay to make your doubts known. Uh, it's okay yep. that we would you know together walk through you know the difficulties. Well, and admit that we have them together, too. Right? Admit that you know we've we've all had times where we doubted and we struggled with it. And I mean, you guys have helped me in that regard so much. That's why it's you're not meant to do this right. on an island by yourself. Right. We're in a stinking internet group of people you don't even know i mean you know come to the church right. mm-hmm. and and you know you guys again I, I can't thank you enough for the times when i've gotten disillusioned or discouraged or whatever and and you guys have pointed me back to truth and, and been patient with me and, and i think we do that for each yeah, other for sure, but, for sure. Um, it, it's something that the church needs to be all about yeah. and jesus is gracious with that absolutely yeah. i mean he he didn't he didn't like slam thomas you know for what thomas did right like, give me your hand. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to help us through that doubt. You know, yeah, he's going to bring us through it, and he's going to give us what we need to get through good. it. So, yeah. yeah. I think also just recognizing that this isn't necessarily an intellectual problem that people are having. Right. Um, I think I tend to think That's that good. way so much where I want to come at him with apologetics, and apologetics are good. I love them. Sure. But it's not necessarily an intellectual problem. It could be an emotional problem that they're having. They could have just yeah. been hurt, sure. and they need somebody to come alongside them patiently and, and right. just love them. Sure. And um, I think I think that probably probably describes more people that are going right. through this than, than not. And even when I heard, you know, like Joshua Harris was a guy, I'm still brokenhearted over where things are, you know, but you look at his mom died, his mentor failed, um, you know, they had a sexual abuse cover up in the church. I mean, this guy was hurting. Uh, well, and he, had to, he had to shoulder most of it too. He did. Yeah. And he was young, like he was, pre, he was premature when he was put into that position. So yeah, him just talking about the weight of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I... You know, a lot of it, a lot of times, is just misplaced hurt, and then they yeah. just say, "Well, I'm, I'm going to put it here." Then right. yeah. I, I guess I have to go this direction since I feel this way. But intellectually, I think he probably had the same theology we have. Sure, you know, but yeah. that, that 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 you know, the, the rug got pulled out from under him with yeah. all this other stuff, and and so again, just keeping in mind that 
you know, to bring the right tool to the to the job. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, if apologetics or the or, or you know preaching the law or whatever comes is necessary, great. But yeah. sometimes it's just a matter of patiently loving somebody and, and showing them some understanding and compassion. Um, but again, I would hope that, uh, and and I guess we should never take prayer off the table. <laughs> we we tend to run to that last. Right. But, you know, I, I wish I would be more faithful in that regard with my own kids that are kind of questioning right now. Is just um, commit them to prayer sure. and have the church commit them to prayer. Um, yeah. One thing too is you know <clears throat> validating you know people's hurts that are legitimate, um, right. you know can, can be a big deal. Um, it, it, like it's it's it, it's hard to look at somebody's hurt and say well that's legitimate that's not legitimate but you know it, being truthful with with people that maybe are just kind of playing the victim you know in love and, and pointing those things out. Um, but, but I think a lot of people are just at the end of the day looking for some sort of validation. And if we can say, like, you, what, what you're struggling with is real and legit, and, and the, the problem that, that you have identified is a real problem, but you know, let's go to Scripture and, and let Scripture, you know, shape us in it. Yeah, yeah so, like, one of the, one of the first verses I, I think I ever learned was Colossians 2.8, right? Um, Beware lest anyone take you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the elemental principles not elementary principles of the world and not according to Christ yeah. and so if we're if we're dealing with someone who has claimed to have had a faith or a conversion at one point and claimed that this is you know the ultimate authority then it's it's a good thing to challenge them like you're right. like you're saying like like what kind of voices are you listening to what kind of stuff have you been influenced by and and to make sure that we're always go, we're always going back to this right. voice um, for sure so, because I get it, like we're we're immersed as pastors in the Word of God more than most people, in fellowship more than most people, um, in a lot of stuff, and it's it's amazing. Just like me going to you know Texas for seven days, getting out of my right. system, um, and how quickly you can start being just influenced by the world and the different voices that are in the world and the things that are going on. It just happens so fast, and right. so we constantly have to be, you know, snap out of it and then be brought back to. Um, you know, the ultimate authority. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, praise God that he's patient with us and, um, and that, that he's, he's uh, promised to continue a work if he began it in us. And, and I, you know, so it is going to be this constant process of faith crisis sometimes and doubting <clears throat> and then, you know, standing firm on, on, you know, this new thing that he's brought us through, but he's just been faithful over the years and he's going to continue to be that. And so, yeah. you know, if there's people out there that are listening that are, that are struggling themselves or maybe have family members, uh, we would count it a privilege to to walk with you through this Absolutely. and to, to pray with you through this and try to help you in any way we can because this really is important. And, um, yeah, any other final thoughts or words for you guys? I was just thinking, like, this is way, this is way, like, late. I was just thinking, like, one, maybe one of the reasons we're seeing it more, too, is um, you kind of alluded to this earlier where for a long time in this country, like, we were, you know, a Christian nation, right? You know, there was... Christendom happening and we were Christianized and so it was um, we look at that and we go gosh that was, things were so much easier then because everyone was kind of you know running on the same plane and there wasn't a bunch of opposition division like everyone was kind of doing the same things and it made hmm. it really easy to live um, but now that now that we're post-Christian and, and all that stuff post-truth I, I think that is the good part about it um, even though it's hard to see is that we're starting to see the, the tares not have a need or a desire or or even be forced or manipulated to be a part of something that they were never a part of. And so you're, you're seeing more of a, a proper division or proper parsing of, of wheat and tares occurring. 
and it could be just something that we call deconstructionism. <laughs> well, and, and sure. that's actually a helpful thing to, to realize because I think so many of us, I did this for years with some of my kids where I thought, no, they're Christians. They're Christians. I don't need to worry about preaching the gospel to them. They're Christians. And then at some point you just realize, you know what? Maybe they're not Christians. Right. And it changed the way I approached them. Maybe they were just Christianized. I think we want to believe, yeah. you know, we want to believe everybody around us is a Christian. And right. so we don't even try to approach them with, with as though they're not. And sometimes we, we need to realize uh, there may be no spiritual, Correct. you know, re- rebirth here. Right. And, and, and then we need to change our approach as we come to them because sometimes they need to hear that. Because right. if they're also operating under this, the false, you know, delusion that they're okay with God somehow and they're not, they need to know that too. So Definitely. That's the, the good part. Of, if there's a good yeah. part about it, that's the good part about it is we actually know what we have. And maybe even they know where they are yeah. and what they don't have. And that gives us at least a starting point. Whereas before, a lot of people assumed they had something that they didn't have, sure. and that's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's worse to think that you're something that you're not, you know. And so it could it can be helpful that that you know it's um, it, there's more of a contrast happening between wheat and tares if, right. if that's what it is. So anyway, it was just yeah, no, that's good. Passing thought. Like my final thought would just be that um, you know it's easy to look at you know people that are doubting and deconstructing and deconverting and just, you know, kind of throw it out. Um, you know, and, and again, like you said before, like, you know, a lot of times people who are in these struggles, like they're pointing out legit flaws and legit problems. And I think we as the church need to pay attention to that uh, and look for the truth in these deconstruction claims of, you know, where the church is flawed um, and, and, and address those things and own the things that we need to own, you know, as the church, own the things that we need to own as pastors and not be afraid to say, you know what, I, we screwed up on this. Um, you know, this person was wronged, you know, when, when that's appropriate. Right. Um, you know, it may not be appropriate in every case, but just being willing to own the things that we need to own. Um, yeah. That's good. And, and and that really does actually reform the church and purify the church, which yeah. is what, you know, again, it goes back to the solution to this is that people would see Christ in us. Right. And when we have all this other garbage that we're, you know, ignoring, you know, we need to clean, we need to yeah. clean, up, clean up camp every once in a while. Yeah. And, just uh, because someone takes yeah. on the label of being deconstructor, ex-evangelical, right. or whatever, does, doesn't mean that, that they aren't pointing out things that are true and that we need to hear. Yeah. For sure. All right. Right on. Yeah. One of you guys want to pray us up? Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for conversations like this and that we have a place and a platform to have conversations like this. And I pray that uh, what we talked about today would just be informative um, and edifying and a blessing to the people uh, tuning in uh, and listening. Uh, we um, thank you ultimately over the top of everything that we talked about today that you will build your church. Nobody's going to be missing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I know this this could look like a loss the way that it's been talked about with people going backwards, but uh, there will be no loss in the end, and we believe that. And so uh, we thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.